Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing! Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 129, and we are recording on Sunday, June 12th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javid, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra. How are you doing? Hi, Katie. I am reporting to you from the land of technological issues and <laughs> no child care. Uh, but otherwise, I'm fairly okay. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. And yeah, no, we thankfully no technological issues here. You m- may hear some rustling noises in the background. I don't know. That's my husband bringing in the groceries from Target from this afternoon. He asked me if I wanted to go with him. And I was like, well, I know I have to podcast. So <laughs> I got out of grocery shopping this afternoon. There you go. That, that sounds like a good afternoon. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I am happy to say that yesterday, like, I've been, I don't know about you, but I had just, honestly, it feels like for the last few months, I have just been struggling so hard at home with just being able to do anything. And so yesterday, I actually had a semi-productive day where I was like, able to take some stuff to the post office that I needed to mail like three or four weeks ago. (laughs) And I, I did, I did other things too. It wasn't, it wasn't just the mail, but I think I I helped take out the garbage and like I'm doing, I was doing some of this stuff and I was like, huh, this is, this, this actually feels pretty good. So I'm, I'm trying to ride this little mini productivity high for uh, as long as it will possibly allow me to. I love that. And I agree. I think it has gotten significantly hotter here in San Francisco. So for the past week, it's just lit- been us lying on the floor. <laughs> like, why is it so hot? <laughs> so I can, I relate. I relate to not being able to do anything. Yes. And I was going to say the next maybe day and a half, it's going to be 70s here in Chicago. And then it's going to shoot up to a heat index of about 105. Oy. So <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're going to have like a 30 degree jump in a couple of days. And I'm not sure. No, I know exactly how I feel about it. I don't like <laughs> it. I don't like weather that's that hot. It's just it's ridiculous. We don't nothing needs to be that hot. Yeah, except for my soup. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I guess I'm just kind of preparing for that. I'm I have no idea how our air conditioning is going to hold up to that because every year around this time is when our air conditioning kind of craps out. Same, like bro, not same. fully, but it can't keep up with the heat, and so yeah. we end up kind of lying on the floor with all the fans going. <laughs> just like, why did we choose to live here? <laughs> yep, yep, same, same. <laughs> all right, what have you been reading? Anything? <clears throat> Not much. <laughs> that, that whole, you know, struggling to do basic stuff has also included reading. That's fair. Um, and which is a shame because I think I talked last episode about how I brought home some interesting books from Half Price Books. And there are lots of interesting books coming out right now that I want to read. and But my brain, like, 
uses up all of its spoons at work. And <laughs> yeah, then I come home fair. and I, yeah. I have no reading spoons left. So <laughs> I, I'm just kind of staring longingly at my books going, someday, hopefully very, very soon, I will jump into these books. Yeah. Have you had more spoons available for reading? I hope you have. <laughs> Fortunately, yes. I I have been thriving on audio just because I work with books like you all day long. So mm-hmm. looking at more words nauseates me sometimes, but audiobooks <laughs> have been like solid. Like I've been having a great time with those. But there is one book that I'm reading in print that I'm going to talk about later on. So I'm super excited about that. I don't want to spoil anything right now. But yes, I, in a very strange turn of events, it has been a productive reading week for me. So exciting to chat more about that as we oh, move along. <laughs> I was going to say pass pass some of the, those reading <laughs> those reading vibes over to me. I feel like I started a new audiobook recently, and I can't even remember what it is at this point. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. It is it's not great. But with that, I am excited to talk about more books that I will hopefully have the chance to read very soon. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and do our first sponsor. Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing. All right. So if you are a new listener, welcome. We are delighted to have you. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We, as always, are so happy that you continue to join us every two weeks to hear us talk about mysteries and thrillers and true crime and anything that just kind of falls under that suspenseful umbrella, whether it's new subgenres or movie adaptations or awards lists, or just whatever the case may be. If it's if it's mysterious and suspenseful, it's fair game for us to talk about. And of course, this is the part of the episode where our longtime listeners will recognize where we put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes. They really, truly do help us plan so many of the episodes we've recorded in the past. It's a great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of, because obviously we want the show to be interesting for you, not just interesting for us. And it's also a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. It's just a win-win situation all around. We've gotten so many fantastic suggestions over the years. So if you do have any ideas, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We will have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about getting it down now. Just we like to put out the call ahead of time, get those creative juices flowing. And even if you don't have an idea and you just want to say hi, there is nothing that we enjoy more than hearing from our listeners. And also along those same lines, if you enjoyed this podcast, definitely hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review so that other people can find us. And with that, it was a pretty slow news week, so we're just going to kind of skip that part of it, and we're going to jump right into the heart of our episode, which is 
brought to you by the fact that Crime Reads put out their most anticipated crime books of the summer, and so we're picking some of our favorites to talk about for this for this episode. So we did most anticipated at the beginning of the year, now we've got most anticipated for the summer. And I know, Nezra, you and I share a love of Crime Reads. It's just, if you have not, any of you listeners have not checked out Crime Reads, Com. They are just an absolutely fantastic source of information for anything related to the mystery, suspense, true crime, gigantic genre. And they're, oh, I get so many amazing book suggestions and reviews and whatnot from them. So whenever they put out a big list like this, they're most anticipated, that I just kind of sit there with that list in my Goodreads and I just start adding books and my my TBR list just starts crying, but it's okay. It'll hold up. <laughs> I agree. I love Grime Reads uh, because of the reasons you listed, but also because they, first of all, did go beyond books. So they put, you know, the world of crime and mystery in a bigger context than beyond just books, not just books. God forbid, I can never say that. But also another thing, they shine perspectives on the nuances of this genre in such an interesting way that like they'll, you know, they'll have feature pieces on the first thriller ever or they'll talk about this author's like I think they had a piece on was it David Baldacci or by James Patterson who've had really prolific careers and they talk about how they got into this genre and it's really interesting to hear because these these authors they're these big names of this genre and how they got started is so I don't know it's humbling to see but it's also so fascinating how it has evolved over time and so yes I I co-sign this love for crime reads and whenever they have a list I am a sucker for lists I (laughs) I I bookmark them so fast oh yes and this one in particular is like a fantastic lineup. So I'm excited to chat about it. Yeah, honestly. And let me just put out a tip for all of you people that, I mean, don't forget, you can go back and read their most anticipated list from years previously to see if there were some books that you might have missed or never heard about. Because these books are just have, or these lists have dozens and dozens and dozens of books on them. So you will have reading suggestions for literally years. And so yeah, they're, they are absolutely amazing. But yeah, so for this episode, we are going to talk about our which the books did not have to be on the crime reads list, but all of mine did end up being on the crime reads list. And yeah, so these are books that are coming out over that either just came out in May through, I think they've got books going all the way through part of October. So through the summer and part of the fall, a lot of the books that are coming out in the second half of the year. So we're going to be talking about the ones that we are most anticipating, which of course, it was really hard to narrow it down to only like three (laughs) per person. Like, how are we going to do this? But Nezra, I would love for you to kick us off because the first book that I see you have listed in the show notes is one I just checked out from the library. And I am very excited to hear you talk about it. All right. So the first pick I have is The Hacienda by Isabel Canis. And I think I mentioned this book in one of uh, the new releases segment of our episodes, but I've actually made considerable headway into this book. I'm halfway through it. And I have to say, it is absolutely fantastic. 
the poets pitched is it's Rebecca meets Mexican Gothic. And while I, to some degree, that, that combination is true, this book is very much more than either of them was. Like, I don't mean to dismiss them in any way, but this is, I feel like this should, it's a bit of a disservice to just like close it in that way. Just a little bit about the book. So it's about Beatrice who... Uh, and this is based in Mexico after the War of Independence. And Beatrice's father was killed during one of the, you know, it was a planned attack. He was part of the opposing party and uh, he is killed, you know, in front of his family. And Beatrice and her mother are left fighting for survival. So they move to their relations house. They're treated very badly. Um, so as a desperate, you know, plea for survival, Beatrice uh, marries one of the leading members of the party that actually killed her father. And his name is Don Rodolfo. And he is, he has this huge hacienda, which is basically, it's an equivalent of like a mansion in like in the rural Mexico, but it's also, it has fields and everything. So it's also a way of making a living. So it has, you know, it, there's farming done on it. It's like part of the hacienda is rented out to people. So it's sort of a source of income, but it's also a really huge estate. Um, so he has that and, you know, Beatrice like clings on in the hope that you know this is her hope chance to survive this is her chance for her mom and her you know to survive and have a good actual good life but as soon as she's married and she you know he don Rodolfo takes her to, to his hacienda there weird things are happening you know the staff is unwelcome <clears throat> not unwelcome it's so much as they're very hesitant they're hesitant then there's the sister juana who is one minute welcoming, one minute very hostile. And then there are these events that keep happening, very spooky events, which are vivid and are happening and have witnesses. But in the next second, all of it, all proof of that event happening is gone. No witnesses come forward. And Beatrice is convinced, right, that she's like, you know, this is either someone trying to trick her or it's like, a you know, like to move her away from you know, this big chunk of wealth. Then there's also this previous wife of Don Rodolfo who died in mysterious circumstances. But Beatrice is con- like, you know, she is determined. She says, you know, I'm going to make this hacienda my own. It's like my, it's mine. So we see that determination and she enlists this priest from uh, this, from Apan, which is the nearby town. And, to, uh, you know, she convinces him to do an exorcism of the house and, you know, to ward off any evil spirits. And she's trying to basically eliminate suspects. But she's like, is this a supernatural element? And is she, is this like someone human doing this? And the reason why I mentioned in the beginning that uh, it's unfair to sort of lump it all the way with Re- uh, Rebecca and Mexican Gothic is because you see Beatrice's determination of surviving through the, like when you re- when you're reading this book and also like from the very first page the stakes are very high you know it's like when you I don't know if you've read Mexican Gothic but it's in the very beginning in Mexican Gothic our heroine she's like this you know she's this particle in the city and the reason and she convinces her father you know that if to go let her help her cousin in who is in this rural part of Mexico and like the stakes are different in that where she's, you know, she's performing this act of goodwill towards her cousin. Whereas in this, it's a matter of Beatrice's, you know, it's a matter of life or, you know, literally life or sur- of survival. And 
the things or decisions she takes when you view it through that lens it makes a lot of sense sorry i'm rambling here but it's such a good book it is <laughs> it is there's so much to unpack here then there's also this beatrice also is having this uh you know crisis of faith where she at one point is getting this priest for an exorcism but at the other time she's like do i even believe in this do i even believe in do i even have a faith so it's 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 it's, it's a, there's a lot it's it's and it's so good so yes so uh, this this was what this is one of my i think this came out this is already out so this came out in, on may 3rd but it and it's a, it's so so perfect and this is one of my most anticipated of the second half and i'm halfway through it and it's absolutely fantastic so that's the hacienda by isabel canis Oh my gosh! Yes, that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start flexing those reading muscles again, and that is gonna be the first one that I pick up. All right. So my first pick was actually a book that I had no awareness of until I jumped into the crime reads list, which is always fun when you find something new. You'd be like, "Why has this not hit my radar yet?" So the book that my first pick is Vicious Creatures by Ashton Noon, and that comes out on July 19th. So we still got about a month left before that one is out. And so the basic premise of this, and this is also a debut novel, and I am a sucker for a debut novel. And on the Crime Reads list, the person who was talking about this one says that Vicious Creatures is bound to be one of the best debuts of the year. And I'm like, well, sign me up. So in this book, we have Ava, who is returning to her hometown where she grew up. This is following a very difficult and violent divorce. She and her daughter are kind of on the run from her ex-husband, and she's hoping that by returning home, that will keep her ex-husband at bay because he is afraid of the dark creatures that live in the woods surrounding the town. So she's hoping that will keep him, his fear will keep him away from them. So Ava and her daughter, Marjorie, they come back and Ava kind of falls back in with the old crowd of people that she was friends with in high school. And this whole group of people, 14 years previously, Ava had fled home when there was a body discovered in the forest. And it was like this huge thing. No one knew exactly what happened to this boy. And coming back home brings back a lot of traumatic memories, but it's kind of, you know, the lesser of two evils here. Which is she more, which is she more afraid of the traumatic memories or the very real threat of her ex-husband? So she comes, so she comes back home. She falls in again with her group of friends. So, and she's kind of finding out how, what her friends have done since graduation. Who's, who's married, who's not, who's happy, who's not, most of them are not happy, spoiler. And at the same time, Ava's daughter Marjorie, who has troubles of her own, she starts becoming intrigued by the forest, and there's, you know, this urban legend about the forest surrounding the town that she becomes really intrigued by. And of course, this brings up more traumatic memories for Ava. And then after they arrive, a body of a missing child is found in 
the woods and Ava's like, oh my gosh, here we go again. And then she starts getting threatening messages. She starts... She starts wondering if maybe some of the people that she's reconnected with has have was one of them involved with the initial crime? Was one of them involved in the crime that happened just now? Are they trying to threaten her? Like, what is going on? So again, th- so yeah, this book has a lot of stuff happening. There's a past murder. There's a current murder. There's there's troubled family relationships. There's troubled friendships, and all of this kind of stuff you know, just kind of mingled together. But what really sold me on this book was at the end of the little blurb on Crime Reads, says rural noir meets folk horror with queer characters. And I just went, yes, I want this book right now. So unfortunately, this book is not going to be out this month for Pride Month. But if you are looking for a thriller that has, you know, that has queer representation in it, even though it comes out in July. As we always say, you know, we you can read these books year round, but this is definitely one to put on your radar. And I am super excited about this one. And I am going to double check to see if I ordered this one for our library, because if we haven't, I am definitely going to put in an order for it next week. And it is called Vicious Creatures by Ashton Noon. That sounds fantastic. It's a bu- it is a bummer that it's not in time for Pride's Month, but you know, Pride is year long. So my next pick is The Cherry Robbers by Sarai Walker, who is the author of Dietland. And this book, however, is very different from that book. This is already out. This came out May 17th, uh, May 17th. And it's basically about this legacy of this firearms manufacturing company uh, of family and it very much reminded me of the Winchester house in San there's this house in Half Moon Bay that's near San Francisco of basically the Winchester house which is said to be haunted by all of you know the it's just said to be haunted so it's this it's always been something that's on my you know something that intrigues me and this book and and this thing about Sarai Walker's writing is she takes something you know that you think is very mainstream it's and she give she weaves in interesting stories with such smart things that make you like they make you think out things you never thought you had about something like with Dietland she came at that with such a perspective that you, you know, for a minute, you feel like your whole idea of it shook. So that's that's what intrigued me about this book. Is So it's basically about Sylvia Wren, and it's it's set in two timelines. It's New Mexico 2017, and then it goes back to Connecticut 1950. And it's basically about a family of six sisters who are all heiresses to a firearms fortune, and they've, you know, they've grown up in this Victorian house, uh, mostly neglected, um, and the only way out for them to escape is basically through marriage. But as one sister gets married, she's met with a very dreadful fate. As the other gets married, she's met with a dreadful fate. And slowly, they basically realize that they have to grapple with this legacy. And at what cost has their family been making this fortune? And it has got all the elements of a gothic mystery. There are haunted houses. There's like ghosts from the past. And then there's also this element of unraveling what happened in the past because what how we get the story is a journalist starts chasing one of the sisters Sylvia Ren's story as to what happened who who she was really and it finds out and it's turned out she's one of the chapel sisters who and what her past is so I haven't read this yet but 
boy, am I ready to read this. So that's The Cherry Robbers by Sarah I. Walker. All right, before I go into my second pick, let's pause for a second and do our second sponsor for this episode. Okay, so my second most anticipated pick is Hokaloa Road by Elizabeth Hand, and this also comes out on July 19th. And this one, again, these the blurbs that they come up with with these crime reads lists are fantastic for just snaring you and being like, yes, this is the book I want to read. So basically, pretend that The Shining was set in Hawaii. Like, and I'm like, okay, sold, done. (laughs) And so the longer explanation of this story. So we have Grady Kendall, who applies to work as a live-in caretaker for a luxury property in Hawaii. And he's from Maine. So I we're seeing the Stephen King shining elements here, I, I assume. So he ends up flying into Hawaii and he's working, he's going to be the caretaker of this remote mansion on Hokaloa Road. And so he kind of settles into this routine and he kind of, he starts to realize that the island has been a place where People go missing, but there's nothing ever really said about it. And the next person to disappear is a young woman named Jesse, who Grady met on his flight into Hawaii. And so he becomes determined to figure out what happened to her and what happened to all of the people on the lost posters that he sees all over the island. So he ends up kind of creating an alliance with Jesse's friend, Raina. And that is a difficult proposition in and of itself. And then add on to that, that he feels like there is something very sinister kind of stalking him. So he's he's basically, he's determined to figure out what is going on with all of these people and what has been terrorizing the the island for so long. But... Yeah, obviously that is going to prove to be very, very difficult. And of course, he's also dealing with the ever-present question in these types of books is, you know, is this actually happening or is it happening inside his head? And sometimes he even feels like the land itself is rejecting him. So I would say, without having read this book, I would say that this is probably a really great pick for anyone who loves books where the setting is kind of its own character, where yeah, where the setting plays a huge part in the story. I think books like that are so fascinating when they're well done. And this just seems like such an amazing, suspenseful novel. The cover is amazing. That's another one. You'll want to take a look at this cover and see if that doesn't just like reach right out of the screen and grab you. So yeah, I am super duper mega excited for this one. And I know for a fact that we have ordered this for our library. And now I'm just going to have to put myself on hold for it. So again, that is Hokaloa Road by Elizabeth Hand. Uh, I'm so excited for this one. I love Elizabeth Han. If you are looking for truly like, you know, Simone St. James style of mystery where there is mystery and there's horror, she's it. She's where you need to go. And I'm so excited for this one too because Hawaii and The Shining, like you said, sign me up. All right. My next pick is Siren Queen by Nevo. 
and this comes uh, this comes out farther out and this is i believe it's oh not that apparently it's out already sorry my bad (laughs) Uh, what is time may it came out may 10th but basically this is set in hollywood 30s golden age of hollywood and here's the spin though it's basically the entire business is controlled by dark rituals and blood magic oh and it's basically are we follow the story of luli wei who is a beautiful talented actress a chinese american actress who is desperate to break into the you know is desperate to break into the hollywood industry but like you know the industry is controlled by as everyone is aware of the state of the 30s hollywood so and it's also add blood, black magic and blood magic on top of that there's not many chances for her to do that but she is ready to do what it takes so it's her story and she decides to become a part of it it's her like right if like blood magic and black magic is what is needed she'll do it and before she know it she's transitioning into this person that she never thought she was capable of being so and it's basically this in my head this sounds like i don't know a mix between i honestly this sounds so amazing like it's like a look into the 30s hollywood but at the same time this chinese american making her way into the into the industry as a woman um but also on her own terms and i am i have this on hold in the library and as soon as it comes out and it's also from tor.com and if you have not read their books yet they come up with the most refreshing and unique takes on horror like on tropes on things that are already out there so i am ready for this one i know it's going to be spectacular so that's the siren uh, not the just siren queen by nevo yes and this book again this is one of the most gorgeous covers i have seen in a long time like we when this book came in at the library i was just putting it face out on our new new book section every chance i could get because it is just so so gorgeous true it is a wipe it is a wipe in itself it's like you look at the cover like i'm done i'm done i am checking this out right now (laughs) all right and so for my third pick i have kismet by amina akhtar and amina akhtar has written multiple books. She wrote the book Hashtag Fashion Victim, and she's got a very kind of darkly humorous take on crime fiction. So with with her books, yeah, you you're gonna you're gonna get kind of a subversively dark storyline, but with a large helping of very sharp humor in there. So this one, Kismet, focuses on the wellness culture that is running rampant in our society right now. And so we have Ronnie Khan, who lives in Queens. She's lived in New York all her life. And she's she's never had really big aspirations until she meets Marley, who is a socialite wellness guru, which for me, seeing those three words in a row on on the page, I just go, yeah, run. This is not gonna this is not gonna end well. And Marley is she is she is considered a revelation. 
And so she kind of seduces Ronnie into this idea of being able to find her best self. And so Ronnie heads off to Sedona, Arizona for the the isolated mountains and all of the wellness culture there with yoga and transcendent hikes and juice cleanses. And Ronnie just drinks it all in. I mean, literally drinks it all in with the juice cleanses. But anyway, and so she's just consuming this new lifestyle. And, but is it, you know, is this actually wellness? Or as they put it, is this whole self-care business a little sour? And so he's like, okay, yeah, that's that sounds, you know, kind of kind of how the wellness culture is right now. But then of course, this is a crime podcast, and so these these wellness gurus that are that Ronnie is is living with and socializing with, they start turning up gruesomely murdered, and Ronnie finds that all is not well in Wellness Town, as the synopsis says. I did not come up with that on my own, and then with Marley. Marley's ambition starts veering into something much, much more sinister and much darker. And so Ronnie starts fearing for her life. And this book, I mean, I have always been, I I have, there's very little about wellness culture that I have subscribed to. And not to to say that, that all of it is bad, it is just very much not... It, it it does not fit in with, you know, my my overall lifestyle. So I'm always intrigued by these stories of like wellness retreats and stuff like that, because, you know, there, there's elements of, you know, there can be elements of cultism and there's there's just lots of stuff happening there. And so this one sounds really interesting. It sounds sinister. It sounds dark. And it also sounds slightly ridiculous. And quite frankly, sometimes I need a helping of slightly ridiculous. And yes, so I am very excited for this one. This is Kismet by Amina Akhtar. And if I did not mention it already, and I don't think I did, this comes out on August 1st. So uh, just quickly throwing in a bonus pick here, The Woman in the Library, which I have the audiobook arc to. It's uh, and by Solari Gentil, and it's basically a murder that happens in quiet of the Boston Public Library room when suddenly the quiet is shattered by a woman's terrified scream. And everyone, you know, all the security guards jump into action and everyone, everything is cordoned off. No one can escape. And there are four strangers who happen to be sitting on the same table. They are under suspect like and they are and it turns out they might have their own links and stories to tell about their connection to the person who has been murdered. So this basically is a closed room mystery that pays an homage to the like Agatha Christie's, you know, the body in the library. And I am so excited for this one. That's all I know so far, but I will definitely keep you all posted so this came out just last week it came out june 7th and i already have it like ready to be in my ears (laughs) all right and then my bonus pick is just like home by sarah gailey and sarah gailey is an author i have 
most of their books on my to-read list. And this one, and again, it just knocks it out of the park in the cover image department. But the basic question that the book asks is, how do you stop loving someone who's done irreparable harm to others but has always treated you well? And basically, the main character of Just Like Home is returning home to care for her dying mother and to remember her serial killer father. And it's described as if you enjoyed Jennifer Hillier's Jar of Hearts or Megan Collins' The Family Plot. And it combines suspense and true crime and difficult questions about, you know, what do we do when someone who we've always known to treat us well has done absolutely unspeakable things to other people and just kind of wrestling with that idea. And of course, there are secrets waiting to be unburied in the house. And again, this cover is one that as soon as I saw it, I went, yep, I am going to have to read that book. And again, that is Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. And I do not have an exact release date for this one, but I think it's it's either out already or it comes out in June, I believe. Yeah, I think I I think that's right. It's it's out soonish. So just keep it on your radar and be on the lookout for a bright pink cover with a house that is dripping blood on the front. I will definitely keep a lookout for that one. And I feel like we could go on forever, truly. But with that, let's jump into some more new releases for you to keep an eye on. Katie, I'll take, I'll go first because I'm so excited about this one. So this is Vera Kelly, Lost and Found uh, by Rosalie Nett. And this comes out June 21st. And this is, I believe this is the third in the series, third or the fourth. I think it's the third, third or the fourth. Don't quote me exactly on this. It's the third. Third, third. It's the third one. Yes. Um, but it's basically spring 1971. And Vera Kelly and her girlfriend, Max, leave their cozy Brooklyn apartment for an emergency visit to Max's estranged family in Los Angeles. Upon arriving, Vera is shocked by the size and extravagance of the Comstock estate, the sprawling manicured landscape, expansive and ornate buildings, and garages full of luxury cars that reveal a privileged upbringing that up until now, Max had only hinted at. While Max is attempting to navigate her father, who is hostile and controlling, and the occultist St. James, who is charming but appears to be siphoning family money, tensions is boiled over. And next morning, when Vera wakes up, Max is gone. In Vera Kelly's Lost and Found, Rosalie Ned gives Vera her highest stake case yet, as Vera quickly puts her private detective cells to good use and tracks the trail of breadcrumbs across Southern California to find her missing girlfriend. She travels first to a film set in Santa Inez and ultimately to a most unlikely destination where Vera has to decide how much she's willing to commit to save the woman she loves. This sounds amazing and very full of anxiety and I'm ready for it. So that's Vera Kelly, Lost and Found by Rosalie Nett. Comes out June 21st. All right. And then my pick also comes out on June 21st. And considering that I realized all of the most anticipated, or a lot of the most anticipated picks that we did had a lot of like dark gothic supernatural elements to it. And 
just kind of realizing how many books like that are coming out. So if you happen to be looking for something that's not necessarily in that vein, this is about as different as you can possibly get. It is a nonfiction book, and it is called Tree Thieves, Crime and Survival in North America's Woods by Lindsay Borgen. And this is a look at the billion-dollar timber black market, which is something that never in a million years crossed my awareness until I saw this book come up. So the author takes us into the illegal timber market with timber poaching. And so she introduces us to the people who are poaching trees, law enforcement, forensic wood specialists, the enigmatic residents of former logging communities, environmental activists, international timber cartels, which apparently is a thing, and indigenous communities. And she really looks at the poaching of these old growth trees that are, you know, they're the oldest living things on earth. But as she reveals in the book, the morality of tree poaching is not as simple as you might initially think. It's a, she talks about how it's a deeply rooted form of protest and it's a side effect of environmental preservation and protection that does not include uprooted or marginalized communities, when park boundaries are drawn and all of this other stuff. So this is, yeah, this is just a really deep sociological dive into to a very unknown part of the crime. I don't want to call it an industry. It's not an industry, but the, you know, this, this element of true crime, like, this is not something that, that people are writing writing a ton of books about. I mean, maybe they will now that this one comes out. But it looks at environmentalism and class and culture, and it just sounds so interesting. So if you're looking to learn, sounds like a whole lot of new stuff, definitely take a look at this one. This is Tree Thieves, Crime and Survival in North America's Woods by Lindsay Borgen, and that comes out on June 21st. That sounds amazing. Oh my goodness. I'm going to put this on hold ASAP. And then real quickly, because I have to mention this, I have a real quick honorable mention, which is that Riley Sager's new book, The House Across the Lake, also comes out on June 21st. And if you have listened to the show, you know that I am a huge Riley Sager fan, and I will pick up just about any book that he writes. So if you too are a Riley Sager fan, his next one is coming out very, very soon, and you will definitely want to add this one to your list. Awesome. Uh, And... I think, yeah, I think this episode was all about new releases. So tons of new books to add to your TBR. Come tell us if you've read any of these, if these are in your radar, what other books we should be keeping an eye on. But other than that, that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Sink, for always making us sound great. For show notes, head over to bookride.com slash listen, where we'll also add in the link for the Crime Reads list. Um, For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookride.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookride.com slash listen, or just search Bookride on your podcast player of choice. If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions you can reach us at red or dead at bookride.com otherwise you can find me nasra on twitter at javed nasra that's j-a-v-e-d n-u-s-r-a-h i know how to spell my name (laughs) (laughs) and you can find me on twitter at kt underscore library lady and we will talk to you next time bye Mm -hmm.